0: Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to Jim Was Cancelled, a Buffy podcast. I am Jess.
1: And I am Stosh.
0: And today we are talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Season 3, Episode 10, Amends.
1: Amends.
0: Before we get started, Stosh, do you have any clarifications or corrections you'd like to make?
1: I have none. What about I you?
0: also have none, so we're going to just jump right in.
1: To a recap,
0: a previously on
1: read by Jenny Callender, of all people.
0: Oh, what well, did she do? A pre- the previously on? Yeah,
1: her voice was the dub over for it.
0: Were you hyped?
1: I was, and I was like, "Whoa!" Because like, <laughs> I obviously didn't know she was going to make an appearance in this episode. So,
0: mm-hmm, and what an appearance she made!
1: And then later, I'll just say this later instead of saying the scene it was in. She like showed up and like uh, is when he was at Giles' apartment. And she mm-hmm. was like behind him, and then. He left. Yeah. I was like, oh, they had her do the previously on so she could have spoken lines. Yeah. And then she spoke later in the episode. And and I was like, oh, I'm wrong. Never mind. Yeah. But I like in my head I was like, I can see them being like, Do you want to come do an episode? She was like, Will there be speaking lines? And they were like, No, but you can do the previously on for the full paycheck.
0: (laughs) We're gonna get into this later, but I obviously knew what episode we were walking into. However, this episode is so interesting for me because I actually feel like this is a really top tier episode, but it's not like Band Candy and Lover's Walk where I'm like, heck yeah, let's go. I love this episode. But watching it again, I was like, how do I not love this episode in my memory? Interesting. (laughs) So I'm excited. I'm excited that we're here.
1: Well, after the previously on we go to Dublin, eighteen thirty eight.
0: Yes, there's a flashback and
1: Angel's Scottish accent is still fucking terrible. Well,
0: it's supposed to be Irish, but yes, it's still terrible. Irish. What
1: did I say? You Scottish. Said Scottish. <laughs> either way it's
0: either way, it's yeah. bad.
1: <laughs> I meant Irish.
0: <laughs> Spoiler alert, Oops. it does not get better. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm not surprised.
0: Angel is stalking a young man who owes him money for gambling.
1: Seems like a normal thing for a vampire to be on. I mean, yeah, I think so. In
0: 1838.
1: That's all we learn about him, right? He owes Angel money and then Angel eats him.
0: Yeah, but he should cheer up because it's Christmas.
1: It is. And then Angel wakes up in a cold sweat. And he's having a hard time. I also wake up in a cold sweat when I have dreams about bad things I did in the past.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, who doesn't? But he goes for a walk.
1: And runs into Buffy, who's Christmas shopping.
0: Yeah, Buffy with bangs.
1: They're so bad. <laughs> I w- I'm just gonna show you the note I wrote. It's it's this one right here.
0: Very unfortunate, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. Like, I don't know. I don't know if this was for a different role or if like her hairstylist just hopefully her. got
1: fired. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't know.
1: But- <laughs> uh, they they were pretty rough the whole episode. I it was distracting how bad those bangs were.
0: <laughs> I'm I brought up the beanie and uh, like a couple episodes ago, this was painful. Yeah, but she's she's Christmas shopping and she has a large present in her hands. It's pre- is already wrapped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just a really long present, and she said she was picking up presents for the gang.
1: But she had one present.
0: <laughs> she had one and it was very long and it was already wrapped.
1: I just pictured the gun from Terminator 2 hidden in the <laughs> box of roses. <laughs> I don't know why. But I was just like, oh, she's getting her friends a gun. That's cool.
0: <laughs> I just heard I just heard in John Mullaney's voice, you know how they pre-wrap your presents for you at the store.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> they were like, oh crap, we have to do this scene. Buffy's shopping for presents. Quick, someone get presents for Buffy to have bought. And they just like handed her this box and they're like, we'll roll with it.
1: It should have just been a bag, right? Like <laughs> yeah. like one of those square bags. Or like,
0: like a shopping bag. Yeah, yeah. Anything. Anything else. But they were talking and Buffy's like, yeah, we broke up in case you forgot that last episode because it, you know, didn't come up.
1: In the previous Leon. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and... Angel's like freaking out and acting a little twitchy. And then he sees a dead person behind her.
1: The guy we just watched him killed anyway.
0: And then it's the credits.
1: Then is it the school lounge after that?
0: Buffy's talking to Xander and Willow and she's telling him how about how she's worried about Angel. But she doesn't want to talk to Giles about it because he's still a little bit twitchy about that.
1: Which makes sense. (laughs) Uh, Is this when Cordelia comes in?
0: Uh, Yes, but before that, we get confirmation that Willow is Jewish.
1: Yeah, I I did notice that.
0: Uh, And I have my first quote for the episode. Not everybody worships Santa. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, then Cordelia shows up and she's going to Aspen.
1: Yeah, here.
0: Yeah, I mean, we don't live in Aspen, but we do live in Colorado. Yeah,
1: close enough to Aspen. Pretty close. And she rats on Xander (laughs) because his... His family has the drunken Christmas fights, and that's why he sleeps outside.
0: Don't sleep. I didn't write it down. Did you write it down? No. That was a confidence I was hoping you'd share with everyone. Something like that.
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: <laughs> oh, man.
1: <laughs> I was just like, fuck yeah, get him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, yeah, like, part of me is like...
1: That's rude. That's to... a little
0: rude. But the other part of me is like, well, <laughs> if anyone deserves it. Yeah. But we also I also
1: feel like at least Willow knows Xander enough to know that's actually the reason anyway, yeah, and Buffy might, and i I don't know. I don't see him actually being that reserved about it with friends that close, at least, yeah, I could see him not wanting the whole school to know that
0: right, well, and we kind of had some foreshadowing to this in Xander's home life in the homecoming episode when he's talking about how he was borrowing a Tux from. A cousin who actually has money, and they don't talk to him and his family normally because they're like trashy or something like that. Yeah. So it's just further insight into Xander's home life, and you kind of get the sense that it's not. I any time
1: it comes up, I always get the sense that Xander's home life fucking sucks. Yeah. They've definitely they've laid those sprinkles in a yes. few times.
0: And that was Cordelia for the episode. <laughs> yeah. She goes to Aspen. Where there's real snow, and then she just leaves. But Willow and and Buffy do kind of have her back here. I mean, I don't think Xander was like on the "I hate Cordelia" train quite as much anymore in this episode. Like, I think he's kind of accepted that it's his fault. But Buffy and Willow were kind of like, we gotta cut her some slack, you know?
1: Yeah. I guess I don't. I don't remember him being on an "I hate Cordy" train the last couple episodes.
0: No, just in the last episode when Cordelia was like laughing at the bronze with the guys and he was like trying to get Buffy and Willow to like laugh with him. Oh. And they were like, we're not going to do that because we're not against Cordelia.
1: This wasn't a long enough interaction to have anything like that. Yeah. Then Willow talks about the fact that she's going to try to talk to Oz.
0: No, I don't think she talks about Oz at all. I feel like I got the sense that she was like, Talking about how she was going to be lonely.
1: Well, she said that her and Oz had plans and that she was like, well, maybe we don't anymore.
0: Oh, maybe. Yeah, I think that did happen. And then she was
1: like, I think maybe I should talk to him about it or something. Maybe not. Maybe she didn't say that. But then he he walked in like right after. Yeah,
0: because I thought they were still talking about Cordelia and something about being lonely. And then he showed up. And, I know
1: that she said they had plans and that they were probably canceled.
0: Now. Yeah. And because it felt very like Willow felt very surprised to see him.
1: Yeah, definitely. And then they, then they go off and talk and he's yes. like. "Do you, I don't know. Do you have any quotes from it? I don't. But
0: I have. He, I, when he was talking about how much he missed her, I have almost like I lost an arm or worse, a torso. But he said it in a way that was, like, really cute.
1: Yeah, because, like, like he's hurt, but he... He misses her. Yeah, he wants to give it another chance, which was also a very relatable scene. So I wrote called it. (laughs) Kinda, at least.
0: You did. You did call it, because you said of the three, you thought maybe Oz and Willow would get back together, but not Buffy and Angel, and not Xander and Cordelia. Correct. And I think we've pretty much confirmed that Xander and Cordelia are not getting back together.
1: At least not this episode.
0: (laughs) Cue the Taylor Swift song.
1: (laughs) I don't have anything else to say on their conversation, though.
0: I have have written down, Oz looks like he's a good hugger.
1: (laughs) All right.
0: (laughs) I don't know. I liked them. I liked that interaction. I didn't write a whole lot down for that scene because I was busy enjoying it. It was like a really nice scene.
1: That's fair. My notes are really bad for this episode. Mine are kind of, too. There were multiple times where i went to write something down and looked at what i had written before it and i was like fuck that was like four scenes ago (laughs) so i'll do my best to get everything that's all right
0: then it switches to the tree lot and buffy's mom wants them to invite faith over for christmas
1: which i was pretty excited about
0: yeah but not giles (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's probably busy
1: I think this is the first time we get the hint that they're, like, in the heat wave because they're fake snowing on all the trees to make them Christmassy.
0: There are some fake snows. Actually, at the beginning of the episode when Angel goes to, on his, like, little walk and runs into Buffy, it shows a screen that, as he walks by, there was a TV in like, a window of the weatherman saying, like, it's supposed to be super hot this weekend or something like yeah. that. So, yeah. It, okay, so I yes. guess I
1: just... I. I didn't realize that was going to be a theme of the episode, so I hadn't caught on yet. But here I noticed that they were specifically snowing the trees. Just the display ones, though. Buffy finds the dead ones, which is very foreboding.
0: Yeah, there were just a bunch of trees that up and died in the center of the lot.
1: He said he would cut her a deal for one, and I was like, you fucking better.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She was like, no, I'm good.
1: (laughs) Could you imagine if your mom or whoever just brought home like a dead Christmas tree It was like they had a deal.
0: (laughs) That would be better than a live one, in my
1: opinion. (laughs) Oh, fair enough.
0: I am not a fan of live trees, which is funny because Christmas is my favorite holiday, which I know is like the most basic white girl thing. But look, Christmas is my favorite holiday. And I've recently like reignited my swifty little heart because I Was out of the Taylor Swift world until Speak Now, Taylor's version, came out a couple months ago, but I still don't drink pumpkin spice lattes, and I still don't have Uggs, so I'm not completely basic, but I am pretty basic. Okay,
1: but Uggs are dope. (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) I have no feelings on pumpkin spice lattes.
0: (laughs) All I'm saying is, it's okay to be basic in my book. Because I
1: think you brought this up to talk about why you don't want live trees.
0: Yeah, but I don't like live trees. I just don't. I don't have, like, an argument there. Oh, I it's not,
1: like, an environmental reason or anything? You just... So, oh, I right. mean,
0: I mean, I do think they belong in the forest, but I don't like... The sap is sticky. The needles fall down. Like, it's a waste because you just end up throwing the tree in the trash can or, like, I guess if you, like, light it up on... New Year's Eve, which I hear is a tradition in some circles, like set fire to it. On New Year's I've never Eve. heard of
1: that. That's cool.
0: <laughs> like for your, like in your fire pit or something. I'm hoping, but
1: I should see if John will do that this year. I'm in.
0: <laughs> I am just not a huge fan. They're sticky. They dry out so quick because I like to celebrate November first. My husband doesn't let me. We so start celebrating the day after Thanksgiving, which is fine, but. That's still like a whole month that you just have this dead tree in your house and you have to water it to make sure it doesn't die super fast, but it still dies. And you've got this big, huge mess. And I, I like fake trees. Sure. But yeah, so Buffy's mom finds one and then it switches to some eyeless men chanting. It does? Yeah, there's like this little mini scene. And I don't think it shows where they are. It just like kind of does like a fade to black switch to like Candles and then it shows like this man, this man whose like eyes are sewn shut with the bloody, jagged like look on his face.
1: I completely missed that.
0: It all, it was only like twenty seconds long. Interesting. Then Angel wakes up again.
1: Like, okay. Like the, men the next are note I have is when Angel goes to Giles's house. So. Okay,
0: you're a little, he's... All right. So Angel like so they, it shows like the eyeless men chanting and then Angel wakes up. In a cold sweat, which happens often in this
1: Yeah the, episode. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a recurring, recurring thing.
0: thing. And then it switches to Buffy knocking on Faith's door.
1: And Faith's okay. like
0: yelling at the TV. And yeah. Buffy invites her to spend Christmas Eve with them.
1: But she's been invited to a party.
0: Yeah, cool party.
1: Yeah. That she was totally invited to. Yeah. And then Buffy tells her she likes the lights and there's just this one like string of lights just hanging on anything on the wall, just flipping yeah. her
0: well, and it's funny because I wrote down Faith has some Christmas lights up because I completely forgot that Buffy even commented on them, and then I was like, "Oh, I guess I'm not cool," because <laughs> Buffy commented on them.
1: I wouldn't have noticed if Buffy didn't say anything. But I really liked the like minimal effort. Like you could see her being like, "I guess I need to put Christmas <laughs> lights up."
0: Yeah, well, tis the season, whatever that means. <laughs> then. Giles is cooking at his stove, and there's a knock at his door, and he goes and he opens it, and it's Angel.
1: I definitely thought it was going to be Buffy just inviting him anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm sure was the intention, but yeah. it got me.
0: Good. I knew it was Angel because I remembered this part of the episode, but yeah.
1: I really liked in this whole scene how, like, Giles just kept throwing mean jabs at Angel, and he just, like, took it like a champ. There,
0: I don't know that he took it like a chance. I feel like
1: he did. <laughs> I feel like he, he like, took it
0: like a wounded puppy. <laughs> he
1: like he just ignored it though. Like Yeah. There was no like, yeah, you're right. Or Yeah. Or trying to defend himself either way. It was just like like I should be in a hell dimension with demons. And Giles was like, Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> and he just didn't comment it on it. He was like, uh Yeah. Well,
0: Which I
1: just I liked. I don't know. It was a good yeah. scene for that.
0: I think it was clear that Angel's probably had this on his mind for a long time, and he's just fought the urge to go to Giles to ask about it, but he couldn't anymore now that he's, like, having these recurring dreams and stuff.
1: Well, and presumably, like, he does feel guilty, and I think he wants to apologize to Giles, but there's no sufficient apology, yeah.
0: No, because we've seen that in, like, previous episodes, like, when Buffy first told him, like, I didn't tell anyone you're back, I don't think that anyone would understand, not even Giles, and he was like, Giles, and, like, not like that, I did a bad representation of it, but.
1: You made him sound horny for Giles.
0: (laughs) But, like, was clearly remembering all of the horrible things he did recently as Angelus when Buffy was talking in a, a previous episode, and so.
1: And this is when he sees Jenny standing behind him.
0: Mm -hmm. He wants to know why he's back, but then he sees Jenny, and Giles doesn't see Jenny, and Angel freaks out, and he leaves again.
1: Does it go straight from that to him back at his house with with Jenny there talking to him?
0: No, it switches to him in a dream where he's like...
1: Is that when he's... Is it at a party? Yeah, and he's like pestering a maid. Yeah.
0: And he like goes to bite her and he looks up and Buffy's in the dream. Yep. And he freaks out. And then Buffy wakes up and she tells Giles that she was in his dream. And Giles was like, yeah, he came to visit me, which I was super proud of him for. Like, it was clear that he originally wasn't going to tell her, which was fine with me because she kept secrets. But I wrote Giles is not a liar. Because if it were Buffy, she would have been like, oh, weird. <laughs> That's not true. Now Buffy wouldn't. But I. It, it felt like a contrast to when Buffy had seen Angel and didn't tell Giles. Now Giles has seen Angel and he did tell Buffy.
1: Interesting. I didn't pick up on that at all.
0: Yeah. But he says that they will start researching and they'll help Angel. And then... In walks Xander showing a deep level of maturity that I really appreciated. Yeah. Because he says he'll help too. Because
1: he has nothing better to do on Christmas Eve.
0: Well, yeah, but.
1: But yeah, I agree. It is, I do like that he was just hanging out outside the office eavesdropping (laughs) and just being like, oh, fuck it, I'll help.
0: (laughs) But then it switches and Angel's being tortured more.
1: Oh, Doesn't Willow walk in after that first? Yeah. Because she walks in all happy and everyone else is all grim. And she's like, what's up, guys? (laughs) Yeah.
0: And then they start researching. Yeah. And then it switches back to the mansion where Angel's being tortured some more. Now he's being tortured by a figure that is Jenny Calendar morphing into the other victims, morphing back into Jenny Calendar, just like constantly just berating him and telling him all the things that make him so much worse than a regular vampire is that he found pleasure in his kills and making his victims suffer and fear before he killed them and all of this stuff. And then they were like, even before you were a vampire, you weren't really that great. You were just a terrible person.
1: I think she called him a worthless person.
0: Yeah. And she called him a layabout and was like,
1: showed him tugging at some chick's skirts all drunk.
0: Yeah. Until he passed out.
1: Mm hmm. Then it switches to the library where they've all fallen asleep,
0: yeah, I guess i don't I don't see it as like switching back to the library. Oh no, I guess you're right. I think it does switch to the library because then Buffy falls asleep, yeah. and Angel e- falls asleep.
1: I was gonna say everyone in the library fell asleep. It did like a quick like pan to each person. oh, did sleeping it sleeping next to a book that they were reading.
0: okay, yeah. and then Buffy falls asleep, and she and Angel share a sex dream,
1: yeah, and this time I see the guy with no eyes in the corner. Yeah, I was like, "What the fuck was that?" Yeah. Um. Um. Then Buffy wakes up all uncomfortable about it. Yes. Reasonably so.
0: Yes. And Giles has found some papers on the first evil.
1: And Buffy doesn't want to tell him what her what she was dreaming about.
0: <laughs> I mean, would you?
1: I mean, I probably would, but...
0: Well, that's true.
1: But I understand why she did not. <laughs> that said, I feel like she should have, just because it might have helped somehow. I don't think it... It didn't wind up mattering, but in the moment, I was like, I don't know. Withholding information at this point seems wrong. <laughs> not from, like, a morality standpoint. I don't think, like, it was wrong of her to not tell him. But I just think, like, as far as solving the case, maybe maybe that's a vital clue, and Giles might harrow in on... What's going on? Yeah. I don't think he would have, but
0: Yeah. I just think I don't know. I think it was awkward for her and I could see how a teenage girl didn't want to tell her father figure librarian mm-hmm. that she was having a sex dream about her ex
1: boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. I'm not judging that at all.
0: <laughs> so I mean I I part of me does feel like it would it was morally important for her to tell him because if she and Angel are dreaming about him having sex with her, like In my opinion, as I was watching this, I was like, even in dream form, that could have given him a moment of happiness.
1: I had that same thought.
0: (laughs) I was like, maybe she should say something. But it didn't happen, so it's fine. And then she and Xander go on a little trip to visit Willie.
1: Yeah, that guy.
0: Did you recognize Willie?
1: I did. My note says, hey, this guy. (laughs) And I'm Xander's a- having fun playing it up, trying to be the tough guy <laughs> to threaten him.
0: Yeah, I have another quote here which is maybe you shouldn't help. But then Willie strokes Xander's ego. Mm-hmm. Tells him he was very intimidating.
1: Which was nice of him. I was very intimidated. You did a good job. Yeah. Uh from there it's to Willow Oz- and Oz.
0: Yeah, Oz knocks on the door. Oh, we missed. Earlier on in the episode, Buffy and Willow were talking about how Willow and Oz have made up. And mm-hmm. Willow's like I just want him to trust me again and Buffy's like well Xander just has a part of you that Oz can't touch and you just need to show him that he comes first and I know that that wasn't what Buffy was like talking about but I also think it makes sense that that's the conclusion Willow jumped to yeah so
1: I didn't think about it till this scene and I was like oh that's how she took that conversation with Buffy yeah but I didn't and During that scene, I didn't see it going that way, but that's okay because Oz isn't ready.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he is not ready to go there with Willow. Um, because
1: he doesn't want it to be for some bad reason, like her making up to him. He wants it to be. I don't remember how we phrased it.
0: I don't remember either. Because they they both both need it for the same reason. Same reason. Yeah. Did you have any quotes from this scene? No. I have you ever have that dream where you're in a play and I didn't write down the whole thing, but I thought that was funny when Oz showed up and he was like, I feel weird about this. (laughs) (laughs) And then I also have, I'm not going just a dramatic gesture because he stood up.
1: (laughs) That did make me laugh. (laughs) So yeah, those are a couple good ones.
0: And then from there, when after they decide they're not going to do the deed, um, it just to Buffy and her mom decorating for Christmas and her mom's throwing another log on the fire.
1: Yeah, even though it's really hot <laughs> and they don't need a fire and she's going to go turn on the AC. <laughs> Which, like, I get. I would be pissed if we were in the middle of a heat wave and one of my parents put a fire
0: on. <laughs> well, and I can understand why Joyce
1: Well was she's Because she said it was, like, festive. Yeah. Like, it, Put on the vibe. Yeah. Uh. Then Faith shows up, right?
0: Yeah, but before that, her mom asks, so Angel's on top again?
1: Which, like, (laughs) come on. Like, that's not how you would ask that question.
0: I mean, I'm going to be real with you. I think about this, that quote almost every single time I put up a Christmas tree. (laughs) I guess I can kind of see it. Like, so we're putting the angel on top again. Yeah, that's the
1: correct way to phrase that.
0: So Angel on top again, I like I can kind of give it to him, but I definitely it definitely seems weird enough that it's stuck with
1: me because like like she could have just said angel or star. You know what I mean? Right. Well, (laughs) and she
0: does afterwards. Yeah, because that's
1: what makes sense to say. (laughs) And she knows that her ex is named Angel. Maybe her mom was trying to play a
0: little gotcha joke on her.
1: I mean, if sure. that's true, it's hilarious, but I don't think it was.
0: Her mom does know that they did it. Yeah. But yeah, then Faith shows up, which is what was really important.
1: Mm-hmm. Because that party that she was definitely invited to.
0: Was lame. Was
1: Did she say it was lame? Yeah, and I, then
0: she was like, it, it wasn't a real thing.
1: I didn't hear her say it wasn't a real thing. <laughs> that's funny.
0: Well, I don't know that she said verbatim it wasn't a real thing, but I feel like she kind of confessed to Buffy that she didn't really have anything going on.
1: Oh, I felt like she was just trying to say it sucked. (laughs) Yeah. Like it didn't have anything going on.
0: But Buffy was like, I'm glad you came. Buffy
1: knew anyway, I'm sure. (laughs) It's pretty obvious.
0: And then she goes upstairs to get Faith's presents and Angel's in her room.
1: You say that way too excited for what's happening in this scene. (laughs)
0: I did, I know, but That's, I don't care.
1: <laughs> this is not a cool scene.
0: <laughs> this, is, this is a banjo fan in me, I can't help it.
1: <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So they kind of confront each other, and he's just like, don't see me anymore. Yeah. She's well, like, you came to see me to tell me I can't see you anymore? Yeah. She's
0: terrified. You can tell she's terrified. Oh, yeah. And worried. And he's going nuts. He's losing it.
1: <laughs> well, and he's just like staring at her neck, like, obviously. Vampiric urges happening, (laughs) well, and sexual urges, I'm sure, but
0: and he's hallucinating because he's got Jenny Calendar behind her, being like, "She wants you to."
1: (laughs) Also, she's not wearing a cross. Has she not been wearing a cross for a while? I don't know. Feels wrong. Like I
0: (laughs) agree. I feel like Christmas is a great time to be wearing a cross necklace. I don't know why she traded it in for a snowflake. (laughs) Yeah, I noticed that this this scene too. I was like.
1: Well, because it spent like
0: a lot of 10 time minutes just staring at, at
1: her chest. <laughs>
0: but she was wearing that necklace in a different scene with a different outfit, too.
1: That's just weird. It just felt so obvious because Angel was tempted. And I was like, she should have that protection on. It's weird that she doesn't, even if it's not the one he gave her any he cross. Then he jumps out the window.
0: Yes, he does. <laughs> Fucking maniac. Yes. And he tells fake Jenny that he can't he can't kill Buffy. He won't kill Buffy. And then it kind of switches back and forth between that and Giles talking to Buffy and being like, look, you might have to kill him again. (laughs) Like, are you prepared to do that?
1: Yeah, like it's going to suck. But
0: which is interesting to me because Buffy had to kill him once. She had to and she did it. Angel didn't have what like, couldn't kill Buffy. Granted, Buffy has the greater good on her side for it. But I just thought that was interesting, how he can't bring himself to kill Buffy, but she had to, and she might have to again.
1: That's when he finds the clue, right? Giles. What clue? In the book.
0: Oh, well, then Angel tells Jenny Calendar that he's going to kill himself.
1: Oh, yeah, I didn't write anything down for that.
0: Yeah. No.
1: I don't know. I started getting very confused around this part of the. Yeah. Angel goes outside and he says he's gonna kill himself Mm -hmm. and the first evil is like well that's not in the plan but fine (laughs) but it'll work yeah it's just made me question why but what is the plan
0: (laughs) right well the plan was for him to go evil and kill Buffy
1: yeah but why is it just fine if he just kills himself instead
0: because reasons
1: alright whatever (laughs)
0: I don't know. Maybe we'll find out. Maybe we won't.
1: So then it's back to Giles and Buffy?
0: Yeah. And that's when Giles is like, I found out more information about these guys with no eyes. Is how, like, I don't remember how they're explaining them, but he says that they're the high priests for the first evil. They're harbingers of death, and nothing can grow above or below them.
1: Mm hmm which is a little on the nose, but... <laughs> Did bang. you
0: immediately know? Uh,
1: Not till Buffy repeated it. I don't think I caught that Giles said that. Oh. But Buffy grabbed the book and read read it, and I was like, oh, yeah, those, those foreboding trees from scene two. <laughs> yeah. I knew they'd come back. <laughs>
0: yeah. But so she goes to the tree lot and starts chopping out the floor, which, in my opinion, would have made more sense for her to, like, go find, like, a sewer tunnel or something. I guess they were in the sewers. I don't know.
1: I don't know. It it really, this episode really fell apart for me around here. <laughs> Everything stopped making sense. Yeah. And they were just kind of doing things to do them. So yeah. I was, like, I, I was just along for the ride at that point.
0: So Buffy finds the priests and she kicks their butts.
1: But she does announce herself before fighting them because they didn't notice her break the <laughs> ground and jump in.
0: Yeah, she had to give them a little quippy quip.
1: Yeah uh what was it i liked it i should have wrote it down
0: okay 10 more minutes of chanting but then it's bedtime for you guys or something like that. that's
1: what it was i liked that a lot (laughs) but also instead of write that down i wrote why announce yourself just kill them
0: (laughs) yeah i don't know
1: (laughs) so she fights them and then for some reason the first evil stays in jenny form which was weird to me yeah and they talk I had a lot of quotes I liked, and this was the only one I wrote down for some reason. Oh, no, what was it? Uh, so, yeah, the, the first evil's talking to Buffy, and she just goes, All right, I get it. You're evil. Do we have to chat about it all day? <laughs> I like that I quote did. a lot. And then Jenny just, like, kind of exploded into some other evil thing and yeah. disappeared. Yeah. It, yeah, whatever.
0: And then Buffy goes to find Angel, and they have a very... Dramatic scene atop a mountain. Well, it's not a mountain. We live in Colorado. We know it's not a mountain. It's like a cliff. Atop a hill thing.
1: Yeah. An overlook, yeah. I think you'd call it. Because he picked a real dramatic place to die.
0: And I have several. The rest of my notes are pretty much just quotes. Okay. I have, it's not the demon in me that needs killing, it's the man. Which, I don't know. Like, as dramatic as it is, I appreciate it. Like, all of it.
1: Yeah, like, just because it was dramatic doesn't mean it was bad. It was a good scene, for sure.
0: Because then Buffy was like, if you die now, all you'll ever be was a monster. And then he was like, it's too hard. It's too hard. For once, let me be strong or something like that. And I have my last quote I have is, strong is fighting. It's hard and it's painful and it's every day. And, like, that spoke to me a lot as someone who has depressive tendencies. So.
1: Yeah, I get it. it
0: It's just a really good scene.
1: It was. It was a very good scene.
0: I mean, they also confess how much they both love each other. Yeah. And And he's like, part of me doesn't care that if I stay with you, I'll kill Everyone. Yeah. (laughs) And.
1: Buffy said it was hard for her to not want to kill him. Yeah. And everything he did, he did to her, which hurt.
0: And she wished that she wanted him dead, but she doesn't and all this stuff. And then it starts snowing. (laughs)
1: Yeah, the heat wave's over. Cool.
0: <laughs> well, it wasn't even just the heat wave. It was like this cosmic thing that made it so that it stayed dark all day.
1: Yeah. And so even Which if he had nonsense. actually
0: wanted to kill himself, he couldn't.
1: Yeah. I had so many problems with this scene. Like the 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 story and acting, not the story, but like the conversation, I guess, mm-hmm. was great. The acting was phenomenal, mm-hmm. especially on Sarah Michelle Gellar's part like she killed it that scene. Yeah. But like she literally said there's only a few minutes till the sun up and the sky was still pitch black. Yeah. I'm outside at dawn all the time. It <laughs> it starts to get bright long before the sun comes up. You're right. And he's like I know I can smell the sunrise. And I was like what? I <laughs> didn't hear you say that. Yeah, she said you only have a few minutes left till the sun comes up and he says I know I can smell the sunrise long before it actually comes. Interesting. yeah and i was so frustrated and then it starts snowing which is fine but then the news is like yeah it's it's gonna snow all day so we're not gonna see the sun i was like i mean clouds make sense <laughs> but it's never just snowed so much it stayed night for 24 hours yeah, no. especially in california
0: <laughs> yeah no it was definitely like this weird interesting thing And it even says in the news like the heat wave is still all over. But for whatever reason, Sunnydale is the exception. Mm -hmm. I have a theory about this and I'm going to be real with you. I don't know if it ever is brought back up or addressed at all or if they even went. They might have gone in a completely different direction later because I don't remember a lot of details about season three of Buffy and all of that. But part of the way I took it is the first evil was trying to get angel to kill or to die basically because it wasn't it wasn't its plan to have angel kill himself but it was like that'll still work for whatever it was planning and so in my interpretation of this episode and it was kind of a one-off episode i don't know how much it like affects the rest of the show but in my headcanon is that some cosmic good made it so that it snowed and stayed dark unnaturally.
1: The so first he, good.
0: So that he couldn't kill himself. Okay. And that is how I took that.
1: Sure. <laughs> I hate it, but I can accept that. Yeah. I guess.
0: And my last note is LOL, poor Xander. <laughs> Cause he's out, outside and it's supposed to be hot and it just snows on him.
1: I don't know. He looks pretty happy. <laughs> I don't know why, but like it, did show everyone reacting to the snow and yeah. it did have like a nice uplifting feel to it.
0: Yeah, Christmas special style. Yeah,
1: which I liked.
0: Yeah. I wanted but. to know how they put two grown humans on a twin size bed for Oz and Willow scene, but
1: Is that a twin size bed?
0: I think it's supposed to be.
1: <laughs> it might be a a mid. What what's between twin and queen? Full size.
0: Full size or a double, but there was only one pillow on it, and it didn't look much wider than the one pillow, which is why I was like, I feel like it's supposed to be a twin, but they obviously made it big enough that Seth Green and Allison Hannigan could both lay on it comfortably. Yeah, And I just remember like when I was a teenager and had a twin-sized bed, that's not how that worked.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. My last note for the episode just says, and everyone's hearts grew three sizes that day. <laughs> yeah
0: because it's a christmas episode i love christmas episodes of all things and this is our this was the first christmas buffy episode i was wondering we got a bunch of halloween ones but we haven't gotten any other holidays i guess we got valentine's day
1: yeah we did get a valentine's one
0: buffy doesn't do a lot of holiday episodes and that's it for the summary
1: i think this episode was just okay do you it definitely, like I said, it really lost me yeah. in the last, like, third.
0: Yeah. I think that that's probably part of the reason why I always felt like it was kind of okay is because it was just a little bit, like, choppy at the end. And it had such a powerful, like, build-up. Because I did find myself enjoying, like, the Oz and Willow scenes. And <laughs> even in, like, a weird way, the Angel being tortured scenes. Not like physically tortured, but like emotionally tortured scenes and stuff like that. Like and
1: everyone knows, emotional torture is cool as opposed to physical torture.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah. And I just I liked it. I I liked it more this watch through than I have in the past. But I definitely haven't watched this episode a lot. And part of that is Buffy's bangs, but not a large part. They were oh, distracting. They were. Bad.
1: They, were. <laughs> they were distracting. Plus, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Jenny Calendar, so I was glad, yeah, at least the actress was back. I don't think you could really argue the character was back. no, but, but I, I was hyped to see her either yeah. way.
0: I thought that would be a big part for you.
1: it was if only the story was better,
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like the story was fine, but they just like dropped the ending a little bit,
1: yeah. I just I guess the story the plotline of this episode just never really had me hooked in, yeah, I didn't really care about the first evil. There well, were really good scenes. There were good moments between characters, which I think is what this episode was there for. The overarching plot of Angel trying to figure out what's going on and him being tortured and just all that. I, I just didn't care about. Sure. Anyway, let's do the pop quiz.
0: Yeah. The pop quiz. I've got five questions for you.
1: Boom frogging. Let's go.
0: Coming in hot with question number one. What year was the flashback?
1: 1838?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You said that earlier, and I was like, well, he's going to (laughs) know. And then the next question, what Christmas traditions or activities do you like to do?
1: That's a good question. I don't think I really have any specific. Every year is kind of different. Yeah. I could say I probably commonly have done the open one present on Christmas Eve thing with my family a lot, but nothing in particular. Some years I decorated the tree with my mom. That's one of her favorite parts of it. But really, I just especially in my adult life as long as i make it to one of my parents houses if i can't make both yeah really most of it
0: sure that makes sense
1: i guess the consistent through my life is presence in the tree the yeah. two big parts of christmas those are those are what i've done
0: for me i like i have a bunch of different like traditions and things and it's interesting in my adult life converting what i did every year with like my family into now like Moving forward with like my marriage and my family like my my family living out of state and just like this transition from like what used to be my nuclear family to my new nuclear family and like how I can transition those traditions because like one tradition that I have that sticks out to me as being like a little bit weird is so my my family likes to decorate Christmas cookies, which is a lot of families, sure. but. Christmas cookies often are different shapes. Like there's stars and there's angels and there's trees and there's reindeer. <laughs> and I don't know what year it was, but my dad, uh, what, my mom would make the cookies. And one year they were really fragile. And one of the reindeer's legs broke off. And my dad was like, that's just buckshot Rudolph. And he like, <laughs> he like. Iced it and then put one of those little Frank's red hot dots in like the center of the reindeer, like the scope of his, his rifle. And so ev- ever, since then, every year we have a buckshot Rudolph Christmas cookie. Um, we had mittens <laughs> that my, gra- that, and like, you know how like with, with ch- some cru- Christmas cookies, like until you frost them, you don't really, you can't really tell what they are. Mm-hmm. My grandpa didn't know that it was a mitten. He thought it was a fish. So he decorated it like a, like a fish. And my mom was like, yeah, you know, the Christmas fish <laughs> and stuff like that. So um, there's just like different out there Christmas cookies that we all make every year. That's fun. Um, and then I like watching Christmas movies with my family. Um, there's certain movies that are every year we have to watch. It's a Wonderful Life being my number one. Um, if you'll recall,
1: I did watch that with you the year I lived with you. I remember.
0: <laughs> yes. And it's been brought up on this podcast before. If you watch, if you listen to our episode zero, one of my top five movies,
1: don't go listen to our episode zero.
0: <laughs> it was rough. <laughs> that was like over 40 episodes ago. It was a long time ago.
1: But do you have any other traditions you'd like to talk about?
0: No. Question number three What is your favorite gift you've ever given or and or received. And it, oh. it doesn't have to be my favorite, I guess. What's a, what's a memorable gift you've received and a memorable gift you've given?
1: I mean, the first thing I think of is your interface because it's yes. right there that I gave you last year.
0: It was a really good gift. I was really excited to get it. And it was red like the season. Perfect. And the Taylor Swift album.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the biggest one I can think of is last year my dad got me a shit ton of comic books that... um I don't know if I've talked about this to. Three years ago, my whole comic book collection got stolen, mm. and my dad just asked me for a list of them, and he bought me a fuck ton of comics that Aww. like kind of rebuilt my trade collection back up, which was really cool.
0: That is cool. And
1: then he finished off he he bought enough books to put my High Republic collection up to current, which was sweet. Nice. But yeah, I don't know. I know one I got my mom that was really important to her was the angel actually that we put on top of the tree. yeah i think i got that for her when i was like six or seven but decorating the tree is really big for her she loves ornaments and stuff yeah so
0: nice well kind of like you i am blanking a little bit
1: i mean i have a whole 32 years of christmases to try to remember i
0: have 28 29 no i have 29 or how old i was for a second
1: it's okay I jumped the gun. I actually only have 31 Christmases.
0: (laughs) I, so like you with the interface, like the one that's popping into my head right now is, is how I talked everyone into giving you a raccoon themed Christmas last year.
1: That was cool. (laughs) (laughs) I still use all of those items.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Like getting my sister and brother-in-law to buy you that onesie was really Tip the scales, in my opinion. But um, like it was the the best of the raccoon gifts. I didn't give it to you though.
1: My band is doing a Halloween show this year. I think I'm gonna wear that to it. Nice.
0: I wrote my mom a letter one year thanking her for being my mom. Because That's cute. my mom's not big into like material things. And we used to do this thing where it was something you want, something you need, something to wear and something to read. Um which is like a big trend among a lot of people. And so since my mom did that for all of us, I did that for her. And I was like, what does she want? I don't know what she wants. She doesn't want anything. And I was like, I bet she'd want to know how much like she means to me. And so I like wrote her a letter and I told her not to like open it in front of everybody. Cause I felt like it was going to be really awkward. Because, like, I didn't tell my sister, so she didn't have a chance to do the same thing, you know, and stuff like that. So she, like, waited and, and, like, read it later, and she said it meant a lot to her. That's cute. So. And then the best Christmas gift I ever got. Well, not best. One of my favorites. One of my most memorable. So when I was, like, born, my great aunt bought me a Simba stuffed animal. The Lion King was huge when I was born. And I, I loved that stuffed animal and I still have it and it's super dirty and gross. And my grandma bought me a new one, not to replace the old one, but just like to almost bring up back that memory of like receiving it, which it wasn't a memory because I was six months old when I got it. But to kind of just like make a nod to that nostalgia when I was like 20 years old <laughs> and I remember like telling someone like I'm 20 years old and my grandma bought me a stuffed animal for Christmas and I'm having the best time (laughs) (laughs) or something like that. And yeah, that was pretty memorable. Hell yeah. Question number four. Do you think the first evil really is who brought Angel back?
1: No, it felt to me like they were trying to get that idea across by the end of the episode. I don't know for sure. But it felt like the show was trying to tell me that it, it wasn't actually.
0: Because Buffy them. was like, some big evil takes credit and you believe it just because. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And just the way, like, it didn't care that Angel was going to kill himself. Yeah. Made it seem less genuine about anything it had told him before. Yeah. I guess. Is ultimately why I think no. Okay. Cool.
0: Uh, question number five, what's the most 90s thing you noticed?
1: Fuck, I forgot to look for something. What's yours?
0: In the library, there was a stocking that said Mr. Giles on it.
1: Why is that 90s?
0: I don't feel like they would put Christmas decorations up in a library now. And they called it, like, Christmas break, and we don't call it Christmas break anymore. We call That's it true. winter it's... vacation. Or winter I've, I've heard
1: holiday break.
0: But uh, I feel like they've gone a lot of lengths to take, like christmas out of the the school system and stuff to be respectful of other religions and stuff
1: i feel like i feel like that's true but i also feel like they've walked it back a little like it's not like i think you could still see stockings for people who wanted to put stockings up
0: yeah but i don't think giles put that stocking up i think it was put up for him because i I don't don't think he would have put mr giles on his stocking
1: probably not (sighs) i don't know i might be a loser and not have one the gun in the box of the present. She was. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I think Terminator Two came out in the nineties. Did it? Yeah, it came out in nineteen ninety one. So that's my most nineties thing for sure.
0: Cool. I guess we'll just move on to character development from there. Okay. So our characters for these this episode, in order of appearance, for recurring characters, we have Angelus slash Angel. Buffy, Xander, Willow, Cordelia, Oz, Joyce, Faith, Giles, and Willie. And then for our new characters, I put Daniel, the first evil slash Jenny, because technically Jenny is a recurring character, but like we said, I don't really know that it was really her, so I don't feel like she's an old character. Yeah. Margaret and the bringers. And I want to start with the first evil slash Jenny, because I'm going to take a little bit of a tangent. This isn't a character development thing, but one thing I wanted to talk about with the loss of Jenny calendar, I think you and I have mentioned or have spoken previously about the fact that she found Christianity after she left the show. Mm -hmm. And
1: I think we cut that out of the show. Yeah.
0: I don't know if we, I don't know if, I don't know if we discussed it on the podcast or not, but we've talked about the fact that she found Christianity after she left Buffy. So they wanted to bring Jenny Callender back as a vampire and she wasn't comfortable being a demon. So they just killed her. And then when they asked her to reprise her role, she agreed and then later found out that she was basically portraying Satan and she was very upset about it. Because they did not disclose that to her ahead of time.
1: Could she not have just not done it once she got the script?
0: I, so unfortunately I, I, I read up about it before, like when we first talked about her, I looked it up, but I feel like she signed a contract before she was told or something like that. So she couldn't say no after she had agreed.
1: Okay. Interesting. So do you have somewhere like do you have more on that you want to say or you're just.
0: I just think it's messed up and it's something that I that kind of soured the episode for me. Um, I know I said that I that, like upon rewatching it. I really liked it. But every time she was on screen in the back of my mind, I just kept thinking about how like inappropriate that was of them to do.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That is like a shitty thing to do.
0: The trivia just says Rubius Rubius Scott was happy to be asked back to reprise the role of Jenny Callender. But in later interviews, she stated that had she known she was to play the personification of the first evil, she would not have taken the job as she is a born again Christian. And the first is the Buffyverse equivalent of Satan. So I think she had already signed her contract when she found out. Gotcha. So it sucks. I just I I think that if it had been something that happened now, I don't think that. I think that it wouldn't have gone that way. So I think it sucks that it was a time in Hollywood when religious views weren't treated with the right amount of respect.
1: I get you.
0: And and that's not just me as a Christian wanting to defend a fellow Christian. Like, I think it hits a little bit closer to home for me because of that element. But even if she had been Jewish or Muslim or, you know, some other religion that I'm blanking on right now, like I think it would
1: have been there are lots of religions you don't have to name all of them
0: yeah it would have been super disrespectful for them to to not take into some like, into consideration someone's deeply personal religious views
1: i'm an atheist and i agree with that point like yeah I, I think that's a shitty thing to do
0: like i understand it's acting in that they weren't asking her to actually do anything actually evil yeah, but, but like, like,
1: it's i mean at its base form, it's just a consent issue. Yeah. She didn't want to do it, and they wanted her to do it. Like, that sucks.
0: Yeah. And I it I just got the sense that it was a little bit seedy. But I also do like, despite that, I do like that they brought Jenny back, you know, in a capacity. So it's it's a mixed emotions type thing for me.
1: Yeah. I understand. Do you want to talk about anyone else?
0: I mean, this felt like a very Angel-centric episode. Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) you can't really go through character development and not address the angel in the room. (laughs) Sure. I mean, I think this was a big episode for everybody in a lot of ways. But for him, you just got to see more into a why he's considered the most evil of vampires. Like we kind of knew that already, but they really cemented it this episode. You got to see that he has a lot of self-loathing, not just for his demon self, but also his his human self. But it just there's a lot of of things in this episode that really solidify Angel as a character for me.
1: Uh, One thing I found pretty interesting was when the first one or the first evil, whatever, was talking to him about how he was a drunken lout as a human before he was turned and stuff. And it showed him being a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. I don't know. In my head, it kind of clicked. The idea that, like, I guess I could see why that kind of person, when turned into a vampire, would just be fucking horrible. Yeah. Because, like, they were already, like, probably not very empathetic, and Mm -hmm. I could see how someone growing up, like, he had, like, rich parents or something, right? Like
0: Something, yeah.
1: So, he probably already struggled to find a real purpose in living other than just wanting to party all the time, so I could see how becoming a monster, he would just let it become so terrible, and he would just get enjoyment out of being terrible. So, I don't know, it just was an interesting click in my brain watching this episode. Something
0: I noticed when the fandom pulls apart Angel's character is they'll say, human Angel, before he was a vampire, was a piece of crap. And then when he became a vampire, he was so evil. And then when he got and sold, he became boring. And that's just all he is. But I actually think that it's very complex and very interesting to think about how he became the way he is. and And that's part of the reason why, like, Angel will always be one of my favorite characters of any, like, show or anything ever. I just, I like that part of this episode for that reason. Even though it, like, really, it really just cracked the door open a little bit
1: more. (laughs) Yeah, definitely.
0: What about you? Is there anyone you want to talk about?
1: I really liked Oz this episode.
0: I thought you would.
1: Yeah, I just, I think all the scenes with him, and I think every scene he was in was with Willow. We're just good. It's just always the same emotional maturity he's always shown. I guess I don't really have a lot to say on it, though. It It's just more of the same. Uh, it was all good moments for Willow, too. Just kind of, like, you know, ready to do what it, what it takes to keep Oz or get Oz back, however you want to view it. But really, with Oz being who he is, all she had to do was just keep being herself and be around him and not do that again.
0: And give it time.
1: Yeah. All those scenes were just really good. It was a good makeup for them. Cordelia was a lot of fun for her two lines.
0: <laughs> I really, honestly, I'm, I don't know. I'm not going to give him my Herbert, but I did like Xander in this this. I sh- actually liked Xander
1: a lot this episode, too. I really enjoyed the running thing about him sleeping outside on Christmas. <laughs> it's not cool, but it it was fun. Yeah. If that makes sense.
0: I mean, my heart hurts for him in that regard. But I think that there's probably a lot of people out there who can empathize with like the fact that and and it's something that's come to light a little bit more, I think, with social media. of Just like not everyone wants to be around family for the holidays. No, you know, and and,
1: I know a lot of people who don't.
0: Yeah. And that it blows my mind again as a basic white girl, but it just blows my mind that, that that would be the case for some people. And it really shows how ignorant I was to like, I mean, I don't I don't know that I had a whole lot of friends who were like, I'm going to sleep outside because I hate my family when we were growing up. But it just it it hits me in a different way now as an adult, having like that understanding and realizing that for people. And it was big, I think, for this show to touch on that, even though they only they like briefly touched on it. I think that that was a big representation that was good for them to show. And then. Xander having that huge maturity moment. Like, I've complained so much about the way Xander has treated the whole Angel relationship with Buffy and just Angel as a person completely, other than when he accused Angel of staring at his neck and that he told him he should have eaten before they left to go save Buffy in season one. Like, nothing about Xander and Angel has made me happy a single time. And so. For him to kind of just be like, look, I know I'm not the biggest fan of Angel, and I haven't been your best friend when it comes to him, but I'm here to help you whatever you need was just, like, huge for me.
1: That was a really big moment for him, I think, as well. Yeah. I was also kind of thinking about it with Xander. And first off, I think, I don't know, do you know if the fandom hated him in the 90s like they do now? At least, like, the people we've I've seen
0: I don't know if people didn't like him as the show was airing the way that everyone dislikes him now.
1: Yeah. Cause in my mind, like he was actually kind of like, he's portrayed as a pretty stereotypical teenage boy, the way they acted in the nineties. Yeah. So like, I think it's just frustrating, like seeing it now because it's kind of a flat, uh, a flash to the past. I don't know if that's the right way to phrase that. Yeah. But like, like all teenage boys were fucking jerks back then. And I think seeing this, uh, this view into his home life being terrible kind of like you see why he would be a jerk about stuff and be like kind of open about his feelings because he probably has a lot of pent-up aggression about how much everything sucks for him
0: oh yeah i think so so
1: this episode made me feel for xander for sure i was happy that faith went to join him i was sure she would but yeah
0: i was too it,
1: it was nice to see that relationship also starting to mend
0: yeah I don't know that we really, unfortunately, Angel interrupted it, and we didn't really get to see a big reconciliation between Buffy and Faith, but I think we can be hopeful that it's on the horizon at this point.
1: If anything, a start of one was implied.
0: Yeah. And we got a nice little callback to ban Candy again between Joyce and John, which is fun. I liked seeing Willie come back. Obviously, he's not like a, he wasn't like a big part of the episode, but it's just nice. It was a nice just
1: continuity thing. Yeah, Just look, this character still exists. Like. Um, I liked that, too. I don't really
0: have anything else to say. I mean, obviously, this was a hard episode for Buffy, too. I talked a big game about Angel, but she went through a similar amount of stuff. Uh, not a similar amount, but a a fair amount of stuff herself where she had to deal with the fact that she keeps running into Angel and she is now in his dreams and she's trying to move on and she can't move on because... They just keep getting brought back together by this, like, magnetic force that is Sunnydale. <laughs> and <laughs> she went through a lot of emotions this episode also.
1: I think she just got less screen time, so it yeah. felt less big. But it, she did go through a lot. And I think we saw a lot of emotional maturity out of her seeing her decide, like, I'm not into Angel anymore. She was actively trying to stay away from him. She told Giles, like, we're not seeing each other anymore. I think something's going on, so we need to take care of it, but I, it, we're done. And she was being honest about it and trying to stick to that. And obviously by the end it didn't work, but...
0: Yeah, that all got washed away with the snow.
1: But it showed that she's trying and has has the emotional strength to at least put that effort there to do what needs to be done.
0: The last scene in the episode where they're walking around town holding hands, looking at the snow, did that give you... We're back together vibes.
1: Absolutely. It did. Okay. So if that turns out to not be true next episode, I will be blindsided because <laughs> it definitely felt like they were just like, all right, fine. We're back together now.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you profess love on a cliffside, like, you know, yeah,
1: and then you walked through the street in the snow holding hands. <laughs> yeah. Feels well, pretty. everyone's hearts grew three sizes.
0: It <laughs> <laughs> feels pretty reconciliation. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay.
0: I just wanted to make sure that like you also got that.
1: <laughs> yeah. I absolutely did.
0: Yeah. Cool.
1: Well who's your who's your Xander?
0: I'm gonna give it to Joyce. Are you? <laughs> yeah. Why? Because she didn't let Giles come to Christmas.
1: <laughs> I can dig that.
0: <laughs> I didn't I don't have a strong one this episode, so <laughs>
1: You ready for mine? Yeah. Buffy's bangs.
0: <laughs> oh can I change my answer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's also Buffy's <laughs> bangs. So bad. The worst character of the entire series thus far is yeah. Puffy's Banks. <laughs> Sorry, Sarah. No, I think uh, she even posted recently, like, on her Instagram, like, throwback Thursday to this cringe. <laughs> Every time my daughter asks for bangs, I show her this picture of me. When she keeps asking, I show her the second.
1: Wild. Uh, do you know your Herbert? Do you
0: know your Herbert? I
1: don't know why I'm talking like that.
0: My Herbert is Oz. Is it? Yeah. Like you said, I enjoyed him in every episode he's, or in every, I've enjoyed him in every episode he's been in, but I also enjoyed him in every scene he was in this episode. Part of me wants to give it to Angel, but I don't know. I think that's just my emotions talking.
1: For sure. <laughs> this is a hard episode. It's hard to pick a, good one on a good character centric episode like this yeah like i was talking earlier about how the plot didn't do it for me but the character moments all did yeah which makes it hard there's a little part of me that wants to give it to jenny just because i'll have a chance to again (laughs) but i'm not gonna do that (laughs) the first evil (laughs) only in jenny form (laughs) but like faith is on my list yeah like both just for her showing up but Going to Buffy's house to try to reconcile, and like it's just like so in character of her to be like, no, I have a party. <laughs> like, yeah, that I was totally invited to, and like the way her apartment was decorated and everything. She's just one of my favorite characters. Yeah, Cordelia's two lines <laughs> stuck with me for whatever reason. Uh, but I, I think, like even Xander is a runner-up for me. Yeah, just because of his growth this episode and yeah to have it's like the heartbreaking thing of actually seeing him sleep outside on Christmas Eve. <laughs> but I think I'm going to give it to Oz too. Like it just
0: seems he like just, the appropriate. It, he one. just
1: is the best one. Like, yeah, as much as a lot of other characters in this episode deserve it or just are my favorites and I want to give it to them, which is Herbert criteria. Right. Uh, I just, I, I think it has to go to Oz for just being a better person than anyone ever should was be. real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I
0: agree. I agree.
1: Well, should we go into the analysis then?
0: Yeah, let's go ahead and get into the analysis. Do you have anything you would like to share?
1: Um, I mean, there are just the obvious points. Like the the theme of the episode was obviously forgiveness, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Not just forgiveness, but just like that it's never too late to seek redemption.
1: Sure. And like not just forgiveness, but acceptance, which mm-hmm. I think w- we had a previous episode that I said that was the theme of so i didn't really want to reiterate on it but i do think it applies to this one as well yeah it's just talking out your problems is always it's just the way to amend i think this episode really shows that yeah um i have a question but i'll go ahead and let you get into what you want to talk about for it if it's anything else
0: um i just have written down like it's never too late like i said to to start trying to make amends to people and trying to to seek redemption and then also, everybody's worth saving because I think a big part of this whole episode was Angel just like feeling despair over how bad he's been and how horrible he was and how unforgivable it is. And something that I think is important with that is that he was still worth saving. Buffy still saw something in him worth loving, and that was huge. Because (laughs) it's funny because Joss Whedon is an atheist and a part of me feels like one of the writers in his writers room is was like heavy, heavily Christian and like slipped this episode in under the radar (laughs) to like. And and like that's why it's like the Christmas episode. You don't see a whole lot of holiday episodes on Buffy. I feel like they just slipped in this undertone of forgiveness and redemption, and it's not too late, and everybody's worth saving, which are all really key themes of Christianity. So it's just weird to me. <laughs> I mean, that's
1: true, but I don't think they're exclusive to Christianity.
0: They're not, and I'm not trying to say that. I just, f- for my Christian brain, after having like read the Bible and stuff and like revisiting this episode, it just strikes me that it's interesting that they used a Christmas episode to get those themes across.
1: I mean that's fair but i i do think that like as an atheist i still get those messages from christmas and like as an atheist i celebrate christmas still you know what i mean yeah i don't know not to take away from what you took away from it i just
0: yeah well and i i think that that's the important thing about cinema is like you can you can still get things out of it even if you're not i want to say even if you're not the target audience but that's not what i mean like even if if You're interpreting it a different way than I'm interpreting it. We should be able to come to the same conclusions.
1: Sure. So. I think this episode was really interesting in the way it, like, I think the biggest part of the metaphor was Angel and that he was living so much in his head that, like, metaphorically speaking, he was seeing things that only he could see. Mm -hmm. And he needed, he just needed to seek out that forgiveness. And instead, what he did was give up on himself. To the point of literal suicide. And I, I think we've had episodes before where the message was talk it out, but I think it's exemplified here. Like It's better to seek out forgiveness than decide you're not worthy of it, and especially to go as far as suicide. But even not, like even if you're just going to regress to staying in your house and th- feeling so abandoned by society because you've done something wrong, it it's just better to seek Seek out that forgiveness from the people who deserve it. They might forgive you. Yeah. I hated the heat snow thing. Yeah. Like, it feels like it should feed into this message, and it, like...
0: It doesn't.
1: Like, it feels like it does in a way that sucks, if that makes sense. Can you elaborate? Like, because it was building up to the point... The hotter it got, the more Angel was freaking out inside his own brain. And that led up to the point until... He had this talk with Buffy and then it started snowing, which like kind of symbolized now it's OK because they've talked it out. So it's like really on the nose symbolism. Yeah. In a way that's just not satisfying.
0: Yeah, I can see that.
1: And it was just like so like in your face, like the theme is clearly it's fucking hot. One we missed earlier was when Faith showed up and Buffy was like, do you want to come out of the not cold?
0: Yeah. <laughs> like
1: it, it was just it was really in your face. It's really hot. It's really hot. And then it snowed. And it's like now everything's okay because it snowed, but there's no there's no substance to that metaphor. Yeah. So but it was also really in your face. It wasn't subtle. So like it's just disappointing and frustrating. And I think that's one of the things I did not like about this episode.
0: I agree. I also didn't really like that. And it's something that I constantly forget other than the fact that there's like a freak snowstorm. I remember sitting down to watch this episode. I was like, oh, yeah, it's the Christmas episode and it snows at the end and it's weird. But I forgot about all of the little jabs of, like, heat yeah. that they point into. And it's it's like
1: almost every scene. They say something about how hot it is.
0: Yeah. As if... And something else that got to me, and and this is, I guess, before we get to this, do you have any other analysis points you want to make? No. Okay. So this kind of starts off our final thoughts, but they were all still wearing long sleeves.
1: Yeah, because it's winter. <laughs> Even though there's a heat wave, like,
0: like no, like people in California aren't wearing long sleeve te- like shirts like Xander was outside of Willie's if it's a heat wave, even if it's December,
1: especially during the uh, that first scene uh, with Buffy's big present, yeah, everyone on that street looked
0: like, like they
1: were dressed for the snow,
0: yeah. And like I,
1: it almost like didn't phase me that it wasn't snowing in that scene.
0: And like she wore that long white, like that long blue white trench coat to go fight the the priests and to go find Angel. It's like, why and did Angel you put- was,
1: Angel was wearing a coat? Yeah, too.
0: but Angel's like almost always wearing a coat. That's I feel true. Like.
1: But still during a heat wave. like
0: Yeah. Well, but I don't know. I guess that brings up the, com- the question of can vampires feel heat versus cold? And I don't want to think about it because we will go yeah, off. Yeah, on that the, like, d- that doesn't
1: feel relevant.
0: Tangent, but like, why did Buffy put on that trench coat to go fight these? Yeah, like to go do some physical activity that's going to make her sweat even more than the heat. Just. Oh,
1: felt- well, and Faith was wearing a coat when she showed up to Buffy's. Yeah, too.
0: it's just it just felt.
1: It's weird. Weird. <laughs> yeah, this this episode was full of a lot of weird decisions. Yeah, I had another one on it too. The. The newscaster, when he talked about the freak snow thing... Yeah. He said it's the first time it's ever snowed in Sunnydale. Yeah. What? <laughs> like, I know California doesn't get that much snow, but...
0: Well, I would think that they would get rain, but not snow.
1: Uh, I mean, my problem with it is that it the whole episode played it up like it's weird that they weren't getting snow. And I don't remember if I've seen snow in this show before. But it just... It felt so... Inconsistent, I guess. You're looking up if it snows in California. Snow
0: at or near sea level is relatively rare occurrences yeah. along the California coast. However, has it ever snowed in Los Angeles? Yes, snow has fallen in Los Angeles. In fact, it's not that uncommon. So, yeah. See what I mean? Yeah.
1: Like I said, like I said, I can see how it's rare, but they were all treating like like it, it was weird that it wasn't, and I, then. It did. And he was like, this has never happened. (laughs) Like, what?
0: I didn't hear them saying it as if it should be snowing. I heard it as it's weird that it's this hot this month. And part of me almost wants to question whether or not the heat wave was coming on because of the first evil being there and having it be like, oh, it's close to the hell mouth. Oh, the fires of hell, blah, blah, blah. And then it, the snow, like I said, the snow was almost symbolic of like this greater good preventing Angel from killing himself and like bringing peace to Sunnydale when it was almost overrun by the fires of hell. Mm-hmm. But it, like I said earlier, That's like it's just just such f- an
1: intense metaphor for not an intense scene. Yeah. Not an intense episode.
0: Very off. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. Any other final thoughts?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> What are they? <laughs> yeah <laughs> Let me tell you my final thought. I wish I was a death cam damn <laughs> comic back then. <laughs> was the first evil defeated? I don't know. Like, that was another problem I had with this episode. <laughs> I have so many problems with this episode. is it was anticlimactic. I mean, Buffy kicked the crap out of those priest guys. Yeah. In like five seconds, which is fine, because I don't care about fight scenes that much. But it, it, it felt like there was a big bad that they were, that was a problem. Yeah. And there was no, it. usually either they defeat the monster and they're like, cool, we did it. We beat the monster. Good job, gang. Or. It's, like, an overarching villain, and they're, like, oh, how are we gonna beat them? But, like, she just went and beat up some old dudes, and then, like, may- maybe the first evil disappeared, but also was definitely still there, and then, like, Angel felt better, so it's fine. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. I was, like, what? I mean... Okay, but, like, is this is this still a problem or not? Because, like, that need... is It just felt wrong, like, I don't know.
0: So, Buffy... And Giles, when they're talking about the first evil, Giles does specifically say you can't fight the first evil. You can't beat the first evil. You're right. He did say that evil. And she was like, but I can go kick the crap out of these priest guys. And when she went and fought the priest, she did end up like breaking whatever ritual they were doing. And I think that the ritual they were doing was to like hyper focus all of this effort onto Angel. and. Because when they were doing the ritual and stuff, only Angel could see the first evil, like, even when he was with Giles and even when he was around Buffy. But then as soon as she, like, kicked the crap out of the priest guys, she could suddenly see the first evil
1: and talk to it. Interesting. I guess I took that as, like, the first evil wasn't actually there when no one but Angel could see it as much as it was, like, projecting itself into his mind from somewhere else. Yeah, which is possible. Buffy found where the first evil physically was.
0: Yeah, that's a possibility for sure.
1: It just, like I said, I shouldn't leave the episode unsure if the conflict was resolved. Yeah. E- like, either there should be tension and me wondering how it's gonna be defeated later or relief that it's been defeated. Not, I guess we're done? And even, like, I they made up and it was snowing and then they were walking through the street holding hands and then the, the credits started and I was like, Oh, <laughs> like, all right. So it was just, it was a weird episode. It I've, was a weird episode. There were a lot of good moments, but I have many complaints about it.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. What I other final thoughts do you have? Just that one. Okay.
1: <laughs> I just really wanted to get it out.
0: <laughs> no, I think it's a good, it's a good final thought to have. And that
1: should lead us to our Thursday debate.
0: Yeah, leads us right into our Thursday debate reveal. This. There's debate is from the episode Revelations, which, if you'll recall, is the episode with Gwendolyn Post and
1: not Gwendolyn Poole, not
0: Gwendolyn Poole. And the guy from Hocus Pocus, who isn't really the guy from Hocus Pocus, but maybe he is. Uh, the Thursday debate question was, was that really Lagos? Zero mm-hmm. percent said, I think it probably was. 0% said, it was Billy Butcherson, I heart Crossovers. And 100% said, no, Gwendolyn Post made him up. We didn't get a lot of votes for this Thursday debate, so I feel yeah. like our data is skewed. But hopefully, we will get some more interaction with our next Thursday debate. Maybe it was just a bad one. Maybe. People didn't want to vote on
1: it. Well, what about... Emails or listener messages. Did we get any of those? No. Dang.
0: It's been a slow couple of weeks here at Jim Was Cancelled.
1: That's all right. We'll get those. If you would like to prevent them from happening in the future, you can email us at jimscancelledpod at gmail.com or you can get a hold of us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Jim Cancelled Pod. Jess, do you have anything you'd like to plug or where people can get a hold of you?
0: you can get a hold of me at all of those social medias as I am the one who will be replying to your emails and messages because Stosh is not allowed to in case of spoilers, or you can find me on Instagram at tiaras.and.books. But more importantly, if like Angel, you are struggling with dark thoughts that are causing you to think about maybe leaving this world, I recommend Reaching out to the Suicide and Crisis Hotline at 988 for the U.S. If you are not in the U.S., I recommend finding the Suicide and Crisis Hotline for your country. Um, but you are not alone, and there are people out there who would love to speak with you.
1: I second that.
0: Stosh, where can people find you?
1: On Instagram or Twitter at NISNAR, and I S S N A U R, and also the suicide thing. <laughs> <laughs> that feels way more important.
0: <laughs> and our next episode is season three, episode eleven, Gingerbread. Stosh, do you have any predictions?
1: It still feels Christmassy.
0: Yeah, it does. It's a double feature. Just
1: kidding. Perfect. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Nothing. This this one had a bunch of button up kind of vibe so i don't know what
0: what could be brewing on the horizon yeah okay well we will find out what it is that is brewing on the horizon when we are back and until then stay sunny slayers If that was a spoiler that was his name you know
1: what yeah uh, it was but whatever
0: <laughs> but like okay i'm gonna
1: also that. i'm not sure what the phantom is the fandom
0: like oh the fandom buff-
1: yeah i heard phantom <laughs> p-h-a-n-t-o-m and i was I'm gonna like re- <laughs>
0: i'm just gonna redo that okay. <laughs> i was like
1: who's the phantom <laughs>